This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Okay, Bruch welcome everyone. The uh, Shurim on Sefer Devarim are sponsored by Dr. Zakheim, Zakheim, Umeshpachta, Lili Nishmas, Rav Shlom Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov, Shama Shaman Aliyah, Biyomel Tzirashah for their whole family, Abiyas Goyal Tzedek. Tonight's shir is sponsored by our good friend Rabbi Yazar Jacobowitz as a zechus for a shidduch for Mordechai Yechezkel ben Necha Devaira. should find his Zivag Hagon Bukarov. Also sponsored by our dear friend Rabbi Avram Kesherim, Lili Nishmas's mother Zivar Bat Rachel Kesherim, Tehei Nishmas's Rabbi Tzorachai, Meganeid and Tehei Menuchasa, Shemilitza Yishara for their whole family. And also sponsored anonymously in honor of an anonymous Rav whose birthday is today. Okay, thank you very much. And um, we continue in our Shuram on Sefer Devarim. This week, of course, is Parshas Ba'as Khanan, and it is known by the special appellation of Shabbos Nachamu. <clears throat> Let's begin with the following observation. In Parshas Ba'as Khanan, we read, it's a very important uh, reading, there are a lot of highlights in Parshas Vaschanan. Um, it happens to be my Bar Mitzvah Parsha. And one of the big highlights of Vaschanan is the Yasser Sadibrois. So <coughs> we read about Kabbalah Satoira in Parshas Vaschanan. And that is certainly uh, worthy of note. Why is it that immediately after Tishabav we read about Kabbalah Satoira? Here it is, we just fasted. And we had three weeks of mourning, and all of a sudden, we read about Kabbalah Satara. Why Kabbalah Satara come in the aftermath of Tishabav? So the Avoidas Yisrael, the Kajnutzer Magid, he says as follows. Kajnutzer Magid says that on Tishabav you weren't able to learn. So we had, so to speak, a break from learning. We had a severance from learning. We couldn't learn. So because we couldn't learn, and because we had this break, Immediately after, we have to come back and renew our commitment to the Torah. We have a new Kabbalah Torah. Hence, we have the Aser Sadebrois in the immediate aftermath of Tishabav. So we sort of re-energize our dedication to the Torah and we, ha- we read about Kabbalah Satayra. But you're making it sound like Pashas Basran was placed here specifically where Tishabav just, you know, didn't you know, just happen. Right, so Tishabah, you're saying it came after? Yeah. Right, so the idea being, this, this, this idea is based on the principle that Devarim Gedolim Enem Big things are never coincidental. So if uh, Divine Providence had it, that things were orchestrated in this way, we have a right to examine why did the Divine Hand have it that that Asar uh, should be read after Tishabah, and we're trying to give an explanation. Okay, so let's... Uh, try to investigate another approach. We're going to begin with the comments of the Sefer, Yosef Oymetz, which is a collection of Minhagim and Dinim, of uh, the German community in Frankfurt, of Harab Yosef Yusfa Han. Han is a German name. And he says as follows. He says, after the 9th and the 10th of the month of Av, in other words, after the 9th and the 10th of the month, Forget about the Chorban. You have to move on. You have to get over it. You have to move on with your life. The Yizkol and Achama. You have to remember the consolation. To the point where the Marshal writes the following Psaq. 
there, were so, there are some people that are careful not only not to eat meat in the nine days, but they don't eat meat and they don't drink wine for the entirety of the three weeks. There's such a custom, it's Ruan Shulchan Arach. However, the Marshal says that it is not correct to extend that custom after the tenth. And if one does so, it is wrong, and you don't even have to be maternether. In other words, if this is your custom, you go, let's say, uh, four weeks, or whatever your custom is. If somebody goes beyond the three weeks, they don't even have to be maternether. One can sort of break this practice without any need whatsoever to be mater. Because it's wrong, it's incorrect. You're now to accustom yourself in more avelos than is legislated. In fact, the uh, Yosef Oymetz says that a proof to this, and even though the words in Marshal do not need chizuk, is that there's an early custom, get a load of this, that mincha time on Tishabav, women would go into the shower and take a shower on Tishabav after midday. Why? Because Mashiach is born, Menachem is born on Tishabav. And to commemorate that, women would bathe and clean their head on Tishabav. Why? He says, just like we're obligated to make a zecher to the Chorbin and to the Avelos, we likewise have to <coughs> make a zecher to the Redeemer and to the Consoler so that we don't give hope, up hope from Geula. So the Kalbai brings an amazing minog, and I don't think this is in practice today, nor uh, do I think uh, this would ever fly. But there was an ancient custom among Klal Yisrael that the women would bathe and wash their heads from Tishbav afternoon and on. From here we see that practicing Avelos after the Zman is also, you cannot extend the Avelos whatsoever beyond the Zman. Even though, again, this, this particular example is only for women, this particular example is given for Nashim, nevertheless, it's a, a principle that we learn from here that once the Zman is over, one has to forget about the Avelos and has to move on and think about the Nechama and the Gula. And therefore, the uh, Yosef Oymetz says, furthermore, uh, he says, because of this, we call the Shabbos after Tishabav Shabbos Nachamu. Why? Because named after the Haftarah, of course, the Haftarah is Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami, that's the best Haftarah of the year. First of my Bar Mitzvah Haftarah, and even besides that, it's one of the only weeks of the year the whole Shabbos is named after the Haftarah. When else do we call the Shabbos after Haftarah? We have Shabbos, Chazayin, and Shabbos, Shuva. But it's not a common uh, phenomenon. And, um, and therefore, says Yosef Oymetz, Umarbin boy bepiut uvezimra. You should sing more on the Shabbos, you should say more piyutim on the Shabbos, and you should enjoy and rejoice in this Shabbos more than any Shabbos the whole year. He writes, And likewise, he quotes the Ibn Shva'ib, that it's a mitzvah to make this Shabbos like a Yom Tif. Very interesting. So Shabbos Nachamu is not just a, uh, a tourist trap to get people to go up to the Catskills and buy tickets to a concert, but Shabbos Nachamu, Mekoroi, Yisudasai, Baharei, Koidash, that it's based on the early writings of the Yosef Oymetz, that one should enjoy and rejoice in the Shabbos more than any other Shabbos during the year, should sing more, be misanig in the Shabbos, 
And from here we see that once the Avelis is over, you can't extend it. You can't say, oh, I want to be a big tzaddik. I'm going to mourn Yerushalayim an additional week. Once the Avelis is over, it's over. So that's an important thing. So one thing we have to think about is, we have the Shabbos called Shabbos Nachamu. What is the Nechama? What is the consolation? We had three weeks. We commemorated the destruction of the first temple. We commemorated the destruction of the second temple. We, over the course of Tishvah, we said 45 kinnas. We spoke about various murders and massacres and disasters. Okay, oh, it's over. Okay, it's over. But what exactly is the consolation? So, oh, the consolation is, the Navi Yeshaya says, Nachamu, Nachamu, console, console. So imagine somebody goes into a shiva house and the mourners are sitting on the floor and they're crying and they're mourning and they're weeping and somebody comes in, console, console, they'll kick him out. What kind of nonsense is that? What's the consolation? What do you mean console, console? What is the nechama? And what's even more interesting is that there's another quasi-yamtif around this time of the year. What, uh, what other occasion do we have around this time of the year? We have something called Tuba of, which interestingly happens to come out on Shabbos this year as well. And the Gemara says, it's a Mishnah, Tainis Chavavam Abes. The Mishnah says, Amar Abshim Gamliel, La Yahayu Yamim Toivim Li Yisrael, Kechamisha Asr Ba'av, Chiyamakipurim. The two happiest day, uh, days of the year were Tuba Av and Yom Kippur. And the Gemara wants to know what happened on Tuba Av. What's so joyous about Tubav. And the Gemara gives a whole list of things that occurred on Tubav. Number one, until then the Shvatim were now to marry into each other and then they said, okay, Binyamin can marry into Zvulan. And Zvulan can marry God and God could marry Yosef. So now everyone could marry together. Which, I don't know, I'm not sure how joyous that would be. It used to be, if you had a wedding, it was a, you know, if you lived in Binyamin, you had a wedding by Binyamin. If you lived in a wedding, good. Now people have to schlep to Lakewood, they have to schlep to the Eilat, to, to, the, to Carmel, to uh, Tzvat, to, they have to go all over Eretz Yisrael. So I'm not sure uh, if everybody considered that a simcha, but I guess I would have been outvoted. <laughs> but uh, the Gemara says it was a very joyous day that the Shvatim were allowed to marry one into the other. And then the Gemara brings another uh, opinion, that after the Pilegesh Begiva, after that episode, they made a rule, you can't marry Shevet Binyamin. They're bad. And they let that rule go, and from now on the Shvatim are allowed to marry into Shevet Binyamin. And then the Gemara says that the, those who were slayed at Beitar were given to Kvura, they were buried on Tuba'av. And then the Gemara says that when Yerav and Benavat stopped the Jews from being Oile Regal, from going to Shalayim, that was abolished on Tuba'av. And then the Gemara says that the, in the Midbar, we know that because of the Chet HaMaraglim, every year 15,000 Jews died. So if 15,000 Jews, they would dig their own graves on Tishbav. They would go and lie in the grave. So the first year 600,000 Jews dug graves, they dug mass graves. And then they all went to sleep in their graves. And in the morning, 15,000 Jews didn't wake up. So if you have 600,000 Jews and 15,000 die a year, how long is it going to take for everyone to die out? A little math, 600,000 divided by 15,000 is 40. It takes 40 years. So in year one, 15,000 Jews died. In year two, 15,000 Jews died. In year three... And finally, in year 40, you have 15,000 Jews left, and they all went into their graves. 
And you know, other years, if you're a betting man, you could say, okay, hopefully I'll wake up in the morning. But uh, in year 40, when there are only 15,000 Jews left, the chances aren't that good. And uh, it is suggested that, you know, every other year, 15,000 Jews died because they, people davened. But in the back of their head, they, they didn't daven so hard because, you know, maybe it's not them. In the final year, when they knew it was then, they really davened and their tefillahs were accepted. So you see from here, when a person davens, you got to daven with your back up against the wall. Okay. Anyway, um, interestingly, all these occurrences happen on Tubav. Do any of them have anything to do with Shabbos Nachamu? No, nothing at all. By the way, another thing that happened on Tuba Av is that every day they cut wood for the Mizbeach. And on Tuba Av, the sun gets a little weaker. You ever, did you notice on Tuba Av? That's when the summer starts to end. The sun gets a little weaker and the wood would not be as dry. The rest of the summer, the wood is drying out in the sun. If the wood isn't dry, it could contain moisture and it could get wormy and you can't use that wood on the Mizbeach. From Tuba Av and on, they stopped chopping wood for the Mizbeach, and the Rajabam explains that whenever you finish doing a mitzvah, you make a siyum. This is the source of making a siyum when you finish a mesechta. And these are all the various things that happened on Tuba'av. Comes the Ritva, and the Ritva says, because Tuba'av is such an amazing holiday, look at number five, suda For this reason, on Shabbos Nachamu, you should make a big suda to celebrate the joyous occasion of Tuba of. So now, listen to this. All of the Simcha of Tuba of is being relocated to Shabbos Nachamu, the Ritva says. This is another source to rejoice on Shabbos Nachamu. All the six uh, reasons to rejoice on Tuba of are now being repositioned to Shabbos Nachamu. So there are a few questions here. These questions are raised by Rabbi Rucham Oshin, the Rashiv of Lakewood, and the Sefer Yoreach Lamoyadim. Question number one is, why in the world would you celebrate Tuba of on Shabbos Nachamu? Since when in Judaism do we take a calendar date and move the Simcha to Shabbos? Purim, we say, ah, oh, Haman tried to kill us, God saved us, so we'll celebrate the following Shabbos. Or Hanukkah, the, the, uh, the uh, Syrian Greeks tried to take away mitzvahs, so we'll celebrate on Shabbos. Or Passover, that God jumped over our house, so we'll celebrate on Shabbos. We never celebrate anything on Shabbos. Okay, one out of 30 is an exception. And the Torah asks, the Torah asks, since when do we celebrate anything on Shabbos? And the Torah gives various answers. All the Mepharshim deal with that question. Why is the miracle of Hashem saving us from the Egyptians who try to kill us for shechting their God, why is it moved to Shabbos? One answer given is because it happened on Yod Nisan, but, in, but Yod Nisan is the yard site of Miriam Hanaviah, so they couldn't celebrate on Yod Nisan, so they had to move it to Shabbos. Or another answer is, on Yod Nisan, Kaiso crossed the Yardin, so somebody mistakenly may think it's for the splitting of the Yardin, so they moved it to Shabbos. But in general, why would the celebration on Tuba of be moved to Shabbos? We don't move things to Shabbos. Especially the joy of Shabbos Nachamu, is that Hashem is consoling us over the Chorben. And the joy of Tuba'av is for one of those six reasons the Gemara mentioned, that the Shvatim can marry into each other, or that we can marry into Shevet Binyamin, or 
the Meisei Midbar stopped dying, or we were able to be other regular, the two have nothing to do with each other. What does the Simcha of Tuba of got to do with Shabbos Nachamu? Furthermore, you'll say, well, Shabbos Nachamu is the Shabbos of the week of Tuba of. No, it's not. Sometimes Tuba of comes out after Shabbos Nachamu. Sometimes it comes out before Shabbos Nachamu. So Shabbos Nachum is not always the Shabbos of Tubav. Sometimes Parshas Ekev is the Shabbos of Tubav. Why always move it to Shabbos Nachum? So let's deal with the following question. What exactly is the Nachama of Shabbos Nachum? Nachamu, Nachamu Amui. Console, console my people. What's the consolation? God says, console, console. What is the consolation? So the Sfasemes quotes a Medrash. The Medrash tells us that the consolation of Klal Yisrael, the divrei toira heim nichumim la'olam l'bnei Yisrael. The words of Torah are always the consolation for Klal Yisrael. The divrei toira are always the consolation for the Jewish people. In other words, says the Sfasemes, the Nechama of Klal Yisrael is the Torah. Torah Shabachsav and the Torah Shabalpeh. What does that mean exactly? The Torah is the consolation for the Jewish people. Get a load of this. Check this out. Take a look at number 9 in Parashas Kisisa. Vayoymer And he said, Behold, I am going to seal a covenant. Behold, I am going to seal a covenant. What exactly does that mean? Hine anoichi kairis bris. And the pasuk continues. Neged kol Opposite. All of your people. I will do wonders. Asher loinivru v'chal haaretz v'chal hagoyim that were not created in the land and among all the, all the goyim. V'ra'achal ha'am. All the nation will see. Ki ata that you that uh, Hashem is with us. Hashem So here God is promising, I'm sealing a deal with you, I'm sealing a covenant with you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make miracles the likes of which the world has never seen. God is promising, He will perform miracles for us greater than any miracle that was ever performed. So the Ramban is troubled. What exactly are these miracles that God is promising that He's going to do for us that are greater than any miracles that he ever performed. This is after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. No miracle has happened after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim that was greater than the Exodus. And here God is promising, I am going to perform miracles for you greater than anything you've ever seen. Look at the words of the Ramban. The Ramban says, It's not possible to explain that Hashem is promising. Lasos in Yisrael, Atta, to do with the Jewish people, miracles. Asher loy nivrum, become now now created before. Of a cholarts of a cholagayim. Kiloy nasalem neflois gadolis achriz ayoyosim ashenasimam mitchila. God did not do any greater miracles than He did with them originally. B'mitzrayim alayam. Avol nivru v'nasimam mitchila. Yoyosigadolis. Originally, God did bigger miracles. The miracles of Mitzrayim were much greater. So what exactly are these miracles that God is promising that He's going to do with the Jewish people? God never did miracles greater than Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Says Rabbi Rucham Olshin, who we had a to meet many times, and he has a fantastic svarim, 
And uh, the Oirach Rashi is my good friend, Rabbi Moshe Gruen. Rabbi Yerucham Ocean said he once heard an explanation to answer the Ramban's question from Maron Hagoin Rabshach, Rashiva Panovich. What exactly are these miracles that God is promising He'll do for the Jewish people greater than all the miracles of Mitzrayim? And Rav Shach answered with the well-known words of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, these perhaps are the most iconic words ever written in the last 500 years. Take a look at number 13. Rav Yaakov Emden writes the immortal words, and we've quoted this many times in another context. It says Rav Yaakov Emden, how can the heretic not be embarrassed and stand ashamed? Someone who analyzes the state of the Jewish people in the world. The heretic has to be ashamed. We, the exiled nation, the scattered sheep, after everything that has passed upon us, from the tragedies, and the suffering, for thousands of years. There is no nation in the world that has been chased and hounded more than us. How great were our torments. How great and powerful are those who stand against us from our youth. To try to destroy us. To uproot us. Because of their hatred that stems from jealousy. How powerful were the nations that have tried to destroy us. The Roman Empire, the Greek Empire. The Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Assyrian Empire, all the great empires of antiquity, how powerful they were. We weren't even a, a hundredth of their power and their prominence. They were not able to destroy us. And where are they? Where are they? Where's Nebuchadnezzar now? Where is Titus now, Vespasian now? Herod, where are these people? Where is their empire? They're relics of the past. They're down. They're dead. You want to see a relic of the Roman Empire? You could go to the British Museum. And there you will find a shard of pottery that according to some bogus interpretation of an archaeologist, this handle of this coffee cup was used in the times of the Roman Empire. That's the Holy Roman Empire today. They're on display in museums around the world. You could pay money to watch their earthenware kalem in glass with light shining down on it. That's where they are today. All these powerful empires that try to destroy us. Sart Silam, their power has departed. And how about us? Anu Devekim Bashem Kulanu Chayim Ayayim. We're still around. We're alive and kicking. We'll get up in the morning and we still wash an Egelwasser. And then we run to shul and we put on talus. And the talus looks the same way it did 3,300 years ago. And we put on tefillin. And if the Balkoire dares to make and mispronounce one word, he will be lynched by a dozen people who want his head because he, instead of saying Vayoymer, he said Vayoymer. And if he does it again, they'll never ask him to get up there. 
And if the Balkoire runs over one tipcha, if there's somebody in the crowd that actually knows the halacha, they wouldn't let him, let him lean again. Because the Mishnah Bura says, if you jump over one kama, machzira noisai. That's where we are, safeguarding the minutia of every aspect of our observance. Not one iota is missing and throughout the length of our gullus. Mark Twain wrote a famous article about what is the secret of the immortality of the Jew. But Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes it much more forcefully. He says, what will the sharp philosopher answer to this? Hayat HaMikra Asasa Will happenstance and coincidence explain how all the mighty empires that try to destroy us and they conquered the world, they conquered the globe and they're relics of the past and we the smallest nation, a, a nation of sheep, Seb, Pizura, we're still alive and kicking. We have institutions with thousands of students that safeguard the, the detail of every halacha. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Chai nafshi, I swear! I swear! When I think about these wonders, Godlu, Etzli, Yoiser, Mikol Nisim, Veneflois, they're greater than all the wonders and miracles, Sha'asa, Hashem, Yisbarach, Lavei, that God performed through our forefathers in Egypt, Uva Midbar, Uva Eretz Yisrael. The miracle of the glory of Jewish eternity is a greater miracle than the miracles that God performed for us in Egypt. The fact that you could come to a shul today and turn around and there's a Jew sitting next to you and he's not in a museum, which do you think would uh, more likely be in a museum? A bust of Homer, Plato, or a Jew? You know, the reason why Hitler didn't destroy many cemeteries in Germany is he wanted there to be a museum that there was something called a Jew. So which is more likely for there to be a museum? They should have, what's more or less likely? That there should be a, a stuffed Jew in a museum? Or that Hitler's bunker today should be a museum? The fact that all of our tormentors are relics of the past, they're destroyed, all they are are, are uh, items and products in a museum. And we're alive and kicking, says Rabbi Yaakov Emden. This is a greater miracle than all the miracles that God performed for the Jewish people in Mitzrayim, in Eretz Yisrael. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the longer the Golos takes, the more miraculous this miracle becomes. Every day we're still around, this miracle becomes greater, is magnified and compounds. Says Maran Harabshach, you know what the miracle that God is telling the Jewish people? I'm making a covenant with you. And I'm going to make a miracle for you. Asher, he called, a neged called Amcha Es and Neflois. Opposite your people, I will make wonders. Asher loy nivru that were never created. God is promising, He's going to make a miracle for us greater than all the miracles of Mitzrayim. What is this miracle that God is promising that is greater than the miracles of Mitzrayim? The answer is, says Rabbi Shach, it is the miracle of the eternity of the Jewish people. That's the miracle that God refers to when He says, I'm making a deal with you and a covenant with you, and I'm going to make miracles for you greater than the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. However, Rav Shach added, there is another miracle that is likewise greater 
than the miracles of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Not only the eternity of the Jewish people, another miracle that surpasses in magnitude the miracle of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is the miracle of the continued survival and existence of our Torah. The fact that after 3,300 years, every word of the Sefer Torah is exactly the same as it was. Every letter is exactly the same as it was. And if somebody would try to take a Sefer Torah, and there would be one letter missing or spelled incorrectly, they would take it, they would wrap it up, and they would put it back. The fact that our Torah today is the exact same Torah as it was 3,300 years ago. And every mitzvah we do has survived, and we continue to observe it. What is the likelihood that the Jewish people, the people who have been hounded, persecuted, murdered, harassed, chased out of every country we've ever been in, still observe every single detail of the law to its minutia, that is likewise a greater miracle than the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. This is also Rav Shach added, and Rabbi Rucham Oshin says, if you look carefully at the words of Rabbi Yaakov Emden, he says this as well on the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th line. Loi nifgad mimenu. It is not missing from us. Bechol toikef arichus galuseinu. Throughout the terribly disastrous, long exile, afilu ois, one letter, we're not even missing one letter. Is there any nation of antiquity that could say, we have the exact same document to the T of 3,300 years ago, it's unheard of, it's impossible. Not only that, every nakuda, Every one of the 613 mitzvahs is still observed as punctiliously for thousands of years as it once was. Mitar Shabachsav, every gezerah of the Chachamim, nothing is missing. Time did not take any effect on it. That is also a greater miracle. The eternity of the Torah is a greater miracle than the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. By the way, ironically, you know who else makes this point? That the greatest miracle in the history of the world is the continuous existence of the Torah. Look at number 14, or Yonas and Ibishitz in the Yaris Devash. He says, the main golos that we're in is our loss of Torah. Iker nechamaseinu. And our main nechama, consolation, nachamu, is ki Hashem Hishr lanu sarid, that God has left for us, a remnant, asher loi shachachnu zeh meshech zman rav, mitzvah yisav we have not forgotten his mitzvahs, we did not forget his Torah, we did not forget the Rabbonon, kama chayovim anu l'shabeach l'ashem, how much we have to praise Hashem, al neis nifla kazeh, on this wondrous miracle, that we still have the Torah, What was the darkest day in the history of the Jewish people? The Navi says, the Navi Yeshaya, number 15. The Chikisi Lashem, I await God. Hamaster Panov mi Yaakov, who hides his face from the house of Jacob, the Kivisilai, and I hope to him. The Jewish people say that we wait for Hashem who hides his face from us. Says Rashi, 
Ein lecha nevuah kasha. There is no more disastrous, difficult prophecy. Ka'isa sha sha'amar Moshe. Then the moment Moshe said that God is letting us know that there will be a day that He will hide from us. Va'anoichi haster aster panai bayemaho. The worst day in the history of the Jewish people is when they got a report. God says, one day, I'm going to hide from you. And you're not going to see me. You won't know where I am. You won't recognize me. But on that day, God promised that this document, this shira, will testify as a witness that despite the darkness and the difficulty in recognizing me, you will never forget the Torah. Take a look at number 12. It will be when you will find terrible evils, the tsarais and difficulties. This song will testify as a witness. You will never forget the Torah. Look at the next pasuk in the Navi. Behold I, the hayaladim and the children, that God gave me, the children will be the sign and the wonder. Says Rashi, who are these children that will be a sign and a wonder? Rashi says, the students of Torah will be, who are beloved like children, will be a monument and a testimony that the Torah will endure forever. In other words, if you wanted to know, was there ever a Roman Empire? I don't know, if you go to Rome today, you'll see a statue of Nero Caesar. You know, he's in white stone, so I guess he once existed because he's a statue. And was there ever a Titus? I don't know, Titus made an arch. And how do we know there's a God in Israel? We don't need statues, and we don't need arches. The Navi says, when students will be learning Torah after 2,000 years, that is the greatest testimonial monument, edos, that there's a God in Israel. And the Navi is promising that the biggest consolation to, for the Jewish people is the continuous study of Torah throughout the generations. The Talmidei HaYeshivais are the Ois and the Moifes. If you wanted to know... You know, sometimes people say, if God would only perform a miracle for me, if God would only split the sea, I would come on time for Shachas. But until then, I will, you know, will take it easy. If God would only, you know, kill the firstborn enemy, then I'll start learning every day. But not until then, until I see a wonder and a miracle, then I'll, I'll, keep a, I'll have a chilled out approach to Torah Mitzvahs. The Navi says, you want a wonder, you want a sign, you want a, a miracle. If there are Jewish people studying the same Torah after 2,000 years, that is a greater miracle than the splitting of the sea. You want a miracle? God is making miracles for us much greater than the miracles of the Exodus. And Rav Aaron Cutler, in many of his writings, in the Mishnah's Rav Aaron, in Chelek Aleph, page Lamed Gimel, Chelek Gimel, page Yodalet, he points out that Talmidim who are learning in the yeshiva, aside from their fulfillment of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, they are the living testimony to the divine hand of providence in the uh, history of the Jewish people. So, Nachamu, Nachamu!
What's the consolation? What is the consolation? Our temples were destroyed. Our families were massacred. Every country we've been in, we've been hounded. Uh, right? Obviously, America is going to be different right, than every other country we've ever been in. Obviously. Because, you know, America is going to be the exception to the rule. Every other country we were in, get out, and you're happy if you were able to get out with the shirt on your back. But of course, in America, we're going to be here forever, becovered, with, with big houses, and comfort, and respect. America's different. Why would America be like every other country we were ever in in our history? Why, why, why should America be like every other instance that we've ever experienced? Just pointing that out. But, what is the Nechama for the Jewish people in the aftermath of Tisha B'Av? We read 45 Kinnis. I mean, these the annals of Jewish history are unparalleled in the history of any other nation. What exactly is our Nechama? And then we say, okay, the, the tenth is over? Forget about it. Don't even think about it. You're not a, you have to eat fleshes. I don't want to hear that somebody had pizza tonight for supper. The night after uh, Tisha B'av, you have to have a burger. You have to eat steak. Nobody should dare eat milchik a day after Tisha B'av. Because you have to be consoled. Why? Because the Navi said, console, console. Oh, that good. Uh, that makes me feel so much better because the Navi said, console, console. What is the consolation? Says the Sasemes, the consolation is the Torah. This is like we say in the Slichais. Ha'ir ha'kodesh v'hamachoizais. Ha'ya l'cherpa u'levizais. The holy city and its provinces is utterly destroyed and disgraced. V'chomachamadeha and all the treasures of Jerusalem. Tavuais u'genuzais is drowned and hidden. Ve'ein shir rakatoirahazois. But we have one thing left. There is one thing that we have, and that item is so miraculous that it is actually more miraculous than the miracles of Mitzrayim. And that Rav Shach says is predicted beforehand when God said, Hine anoichi koireis bris. God is saying, I will do a miracle for you, greater than any miracle that I ever did. That is the Nechama. The Nechama is the eternity of our Torah. That is the consolation of Shabbos Nachamu. I would humbly suggest, you know, I always wondered, Ah, we lay in Vaschanan. Vaschanan is the Parsha. And randomly we pick a Haftorah, Nachamu, that has nothing to do with the Parsha, but it's the week after Tisha so we read a Haftorah of Consolation. But not like it's connected to the Parsha, no. What's the Consolation of Nachamu, Nachamu? The Consolation is Kabbalah Satorah. The Torah is the Consolation. So the reading, the Torah readings, perfect Haftorah is Nachamu Nachamu. It's not a random Haftorah. It's not unconnected to the Torah reading. The Torah reading itself is the Nechama. The Torah reading is the consolation. And the Navi is saying, I want you to know that this Torah reading, it will be eternal. This is your consolation. That is the consolation of Shabbos Nachamu. The gift of the Torah and the eternity of the Torah. So what's the God do with Tuba of? Why would we celebrate Tuba of on Shabbos Nachamu? Ready for this? 
So one of the big celebrations of Tuba'av, it's the day they stop chopping wood for the Mizbeach. Woo! Sounds like a really exciting time. Let's celebrate, let's party! They stop chopping the wood. What could be more exciting than that? I mean, what could be a greater cause of celebration? No, Sammy. Let's go, you know, let's go out, have a big suda, simcha, we'll dance. Why? They stop chopping wood. Now, by the way, why did they stop chopping wood? Because the sun got weaker. Oh, the summer's over! Let's celebrate. Yeah, that's also, that, that makes a lot of sense. Says Rabbeinu Gershaim in Baba Basra. Now, here's the deal. For the whole summer, they're chopping wood every day. Now, how long did it take? 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Guess what they couldn't do during those 15 to 30 minutes? They couldn't learn Torah. Yeah, but they were doing a mitzvah. They were chopping wood for the Mizbeach. Friends, let me tell you something. There is no mitzvah that even remotely comes close in magnitude to Limar HaTorah. Limar HaTorah is qualitatively, quantitatively, superior to any other mitzvah. Just give you an example. What's Allah? You have a pair of tzitzis. It's old, it's worn out, it's frayed. What do you do with it? You throw it in the garbage. Halachically, you have to throw in the garbage. It doesn't have any kedusha. Okay, it's not so nice. So you put it with clean recyclables, whatever. But that's a chumrah. Then you could throw in the garbage. Nizrakim, the Gemara says. What about a shoifer? You blew the shoifer for a hundred years. You blew one year for the Belzer Rebbe, the next year for the, the Spinker Rebbe, the next year for the uh, Skvera Rebbe, then the Samar Rebbe, and then uh, the Bavavar Rebbe, and then the... Uh, yep, yeah, fine. You spent, this is the holiest show forever. And then uh, you finish. What do you do with it? Throw in the trash. Throw in the bin behind the house. Why? Because a mitzvah only has kedusha when you're involved in doing the mitzvah. Once you finish with the mitzvah, it has no kedusha. Lulav. You finish shaking the lulav. What could you do with it? I know. People have a chumrah. It's based on the ramah. You burn it with the chametz. Me'yikar adin. There's nothing wrong if a person throws in the garbage. It's not the nicest thing. It's not usr. What about tefillin? You have tefillin. You're done with it. Ah, oh, you got to bury it. You got to bury the tefillin. What about the straps connected to the tefillin? Oh, you got to bury the t- straps. What about the box that the tefillin was in? You got to bury the box. I understand. What about the mezuzah case? Got to bury a mezuzah case. Why do you have to bury a mezuzah case and the pair of tzitzis you could throw in the garbage? The answer is because a tzitzis is only an item of a mitzvah. An item of a mitzvah only has kedusha so long as you're doing the mitzvah. When you finish the mitzvah, there's no kedusha. But tefillin had parshias of Torah in it. Torah has eternal kedusha, And the straps connected to the Torah have eternal kedusha, And the box that housed the Torah has eternal kedusha, Because Torah's kedusha is far surpasses any other mitzvah. By the way, Gentile, Now, um, an akum, an akum, an oived koychavim mazalois, no chiv of kvura. Why? Because they don't learn Torah, they only do mitzvah. Nizrakim. They don't have to be buried. Yisrael, you have to bury a Jew, because he learned Torah. What about a Jew who never learned Torah? The Malach taught him Torah. Every Jew learned Torah. Anything associated with Torah has eternal kedusha. So on the day they stopped chopping wood for the Mizbeach, on Tuba'av, they had an extra 15 to 30 minutes to learn Torah. 
the joy of Tuba'av is extra time to be able to learn Tyra. What do you mean? It's not like the guy that we were wasting our time. We were involved in preparing wood for the Mizbeach to bring Karbanois, Sakhalish Baruch, Karbanois, Tefillah, all that stuff is great. It doesn't hold a candle to Limanat Tyra. And therefore, the joy of Tuba'av is the joy of extra time to learn Tyra. Furthermore, the Gemara continues. Why didn't they chop the wood anymore from Tuba'av and An? Because the sun wasn't so strong. There was less daylight hours. The day starts getting shorter on Tuba'av. So what do you mean it starts getting shorter on June 21st? It slowly gets starting. But on Tuba'av, the days start moving. You know, the, the clocks really starts moving. The days get much shorter. The sun is much weaker. Oh, the nights get longer. The Gemara tells us the night was created for Talmud Torah. Says the Gemara, Ooh, Mikan ve'elach, from Tuba'av and on, Demoisif Yosef. Since there are more nighttime hours, whoever adds to their learning will have longer years. Udeloi Moisif, if someone does not add to their learning, Yeyah safe, they will be taken away from the world early. Bottom line is, Tuba'av marks a new time of the year. More nighttime hours for Limad Atayra. So there are two facets of Tubav. Number one, they stop chopping the wood, stop chopping the wood, more time to learn. Number two, the days are shorter. Days are shorter, nights are longer. Nights are longer, more time to learn. So the Simcha of Tubav, what's the joy of Tubav? The joy of enhanced, increased, magnified, elevated Talmud Torah. And what's the consolation of Shabbos Nachamu? Says the Svas Emes, Nachamu, Nachamu, Petoira, the consolation of the Jewish people. Is that after 2,000 years, despite all of our suffering, the greatest Nachama for the Jew is our, the continued existence of the Torah, observance of the Torah, adherence to the Torah. The fact that after 2,000 years, not even one letter of the Torah is missing. So Shabbos Nachamu, Simcha, is this, the consolation of the greatest miracle in history, greater than the miracles of Tzitz Mitzrayim, the continued existence of the Torah. It's a miracle that Rav Shach says, Rav Shach predicted beforehand, Neged kal amcha es anifloi sashar loi nivru b'chal ha'aretz v'chal ha'goyim. Therefore, the perfect shidduch for Tuba of is to celebrate the joy of Tuba of, of enhanced, increased, limanat Torah, on Shabbos Nachamu, whose consolation is the eternity, the glory of the eternity of our Torah Hakdoshah. Hence, the Ritva says that because Tubav is such a happy occasion, celebrate it on Shabbos Nachamu. What kind of time is it to celebrate Tubav on Shabbos Nachamu? The answer is Tubav's joy is the joy of increased time for Limana Torah, which is appropriately celebrated on Shabbos Nachamu. What is our consolation? Nachamu, Nachamu, Ahami. What, what, what's, the, what's the consolation? Consolation is B'Torah, the Torah HaKadosha, which is its existence, is, says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, a greater miracle than the miracles of the Exodus and Eretz Yisrael and the Midbar, and as the Gullus progresses, amazingly, you would think, okay, we're going to slacken off in the Torah, and knowledge of the Torah is going to slacken off. As the, as the Gullus increases, there are more Svarim on every detail of the Torah. 
every minutia of Torah is explained, expounded, exploding. So the miracle of the existence of the Torah becomes greater and greater, and we see Hashem's divine hand in our uh, history even more, and we await the great day. We are bolstered and consoled and strengthened by this great miracle, and it gives us the fortitude to await the great day when the Rebbe Hashem will reveal to us another dimension of the Torah, as Rashi says in the beginning of Shirashirim, that Hashem will teach us the secrets of the Torah. We ask Hashem, Yishakeni minashika ispihu, which Rashi in Shirashirim says means, God again will gather us at a great gathering, and He will again speak to us face to face, like He did at Sinai, and He will kiss us from the kisses of His mouth, which means He will speak to us panim al panim, because the first time around He only taught us the revealed part of the Torah, and He will give us even further insight into the Torah. This is what we, when Nusuch uh, Svarad says, Yashmeinu baracham of sheinis la'enei kolchai lemar, hein ga'alti eschem, acharis kareshis Hashem, will redeem us the way He did the first time. May we be zoicha to that great day. B'mher v'yaminu, Amen. Thank you, Rabbi. You're welcome. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.